Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Guys, welcome to today's show. You were listening to episode number 229. And my guest for today is my friend, Susan C. Susan lives here in Austin. She is a mama. She travels. She speaks. She's an author. She has seven kids. Yes, you heard me right. Seven kids. But one of the things I love about Susan is that she is committed to helping women grow in the giftings they're gifted in. One of the ways that she does that is she talks to mamas all the time about intentional parenting. We talk about that today on the show about how much it means to be intentional with our children as we parent them. We also talk about how sometimes doing things that are hard we still have to do them. We talked today about how she had such a hard end of 2018, but she kept going back and saying, God, do you want this for me? And he kept saying, yes, go. And it didn't make it easier. It just meant she had to be obedient. We also talked about one time in her life, she felt like a single mama in a married household. Not one time, but many years until finally she talked with her husband about it. And one of my favorite things that we chat about today is core family values. My takeaway was how her core family values, they've never changed even when circumstances have changed. So I think you're going to like this episode a whole lot. Guys, I want to tell you again, don't forget about our Patreon community. If you haven't joined, if you haven't heard about it, we would love to have you over there. It has been so fun this month. This is our first month to do it. And already we're having a party over there. We have two different levels. We have the party guests and the VIP level. Both of them get you different things. The party guest gets you access to our monthly focus series with topics that you help us select. We're kicking off a series about dreams and goals. So we'll have an extra episode for the next three months about dreams and goals. This month, we talked to Laura Casey and I love that lady and I cannot wait till she comes on the happy hour later this year. But for now, if you are a Patreon member, you get to hear that conversation with her. It was so great. And as a VIP guest, you're gonna gain access to an exclusive version of our weekly happy hour. You're gonna get three additional monthly shows, including a live video gathering with Aaron and myself, which happened last week, last Sunday we had that. And then you're also gonna get early access to events and merch, which speaking of events, our happy hour live tickets went on sale this Monday, you guys. Oh, I cannot wait. This is gonna be so much fun. Every time we have a happy hour live, I'm like, this is going to be our best ever. This is going to be our best ever. And I'm saying again, it's going to be our best ever. April 26th, April 27th in Austin, Texas. It is the most fun thing that we do. It's a big party. When I say party, I mean a very nice, great, fun, girls night out type of party. There's food, there's drinks, there's an amazing goodie bag. And then we have our guests on stage and you get to hear a conversation between myself and them. April 26th, Catherine Lowe and Amy Hannon. April 27th, Andy Andrew and Jackie Hill Perry. It's gonna be a party. But back to the Patreon party. If you haven't joined, check it out. jamieivy.com slash Patreon. I'm really excited about the content that we're bringing over there. So check it out. See if you wanna join us. It's super fun. But until then, you guys, here is my conversation with my friend, Susan. Susan, welcome to the happy hour. Can I just say... We're doing this, girl. We're together. We've only been planning this for months. Just, we've been trying. If not longer than that. Mm-hmm. 
It's just, it's just our life, you know? And the crazy thing is you live in Austin. Yeah. Okay. So like what? 20 minutes from each other. Exactly. <laughs> is that how long it took you to get here? Yeah. It's not bad at all. And it's then there long. was the, the crossing the river. Okay. And thank you for calling it a river. Cause if you'd have called it a Creek, I would have sounded like a wimp. Yeah. So I don't know how anybody lives back here. I mean, it's beautiful back here, but the thought of having to cross a river because the road literally goes into the water. It's crazy. And you have to drive through the water to get mm-hmm. to your house. I know. I I couldn't do it. I tried. I know. And I tell people, like I texted you today and I told you this. I'm, I said, it looks high, but you can do it. I know. But I also am 100% aware that if I did not know that road, mm. I would not go in that. Yeah. And you shouldn't if you don't know well, the road. I mean, all of the things they tell us living here in Texas. <laughs> Turn around. Don't, don't drown. drown. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So I was sitting there and I was like, come on, Jamie said you could do it. <laughs> like, and she said her husband drove through it and you just saw this other guy, but he was in a big truck. So I'm like arguing with myself. Like, go, don't go, stay. You can do it. And yeah, you Girl, had to pick me up. Listen, <laughs> and I was like, I did not mind coming to get you one bit. <laughs> Thank you for being my hero. You're so welcome. <laughs> um, it is crazy, but you made the journey yes. out to the tiny house. And I'm so glad because it's beautiful. Thank it's you. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, seriously, I've been wanting to sit down with you since like five years ago. So mm. um, we met, and people that have listened for a long time might have some recollection of what I'm talking about, but we met... And what was uh, what was the name of our group? Oh my gosh. I don't even know what the original name was, really. Was there a name? I don't think we had a name. Okay. We just got together? We just got together <laughs> and talked about really hard, important things. Yeah, we did. We did. So that's where I met you. Mm-hmm. That's where I met Tasha Morrison, right. who's been a guest on the show before as well. Yes. So people will put a little recollection there. But we met there and you live here in Austin. And mm-hmm. I immediately knew I was drawn to you and We've been together at other events. And so mm-hmm. I'm so happy that you're here. Man, I'm glad that we're finally doing this. It's happening. Yes. Okay. Intro yourself real quick. Tell people who Susan is. Well, hey, everybody. I am Susan C. And I um, live here in Austin. I have uh, seven children. One boy. Everybody loves to know the breakdown. Boys, girls. I have one boy. That's right. Six girls. And the then, boy's the oldest, right? He's the oldest. Crazy. He's the oldest. So I have children right now, ages 22 to nine. And just so I I don't, don't, people want me, this is the question they're wondering. Are Mm -hmm. any of them adopted? Nobody is adopted and all singles and all birth, right? Yeah, no no C-section, nothing. Yeah, yeah. All home birth, hello. You had them all at home. I had them all at home. On purpose, obviously, if you had seven that way, yeah. All water births. Look at you. I know. I know. I am that person that people go, are you real? Can, you like, can are we like, poke you? Like, yeah. is this for real? It sounds very Austin-y. South, and you live in South Austin too, right? You know I do live in South Austin. Come on, we don't keep it weird. That is South Austin for you. Okay, so seven kids, boys, six girls, mm-hmm. 22 to nine. 22 to nine, yes. Uh, we homeschool, have homeschooled for 18 years now. Another, you know, how crunchy I know, right? out there can I be? Except when you look at me, I don't look. Crunchy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, I love to get my nails done. I love driving my nice car. Like, uh-huh. like they yeah. don't fit. Mm-hmm. The two don't go. Except, right. Except they do because it's just my life. With seven kids, I mm-hmm. saw your car because I picked you up. Uh-huh. You don't have a minivan. I don't, girl. Okay. So I never wanted just to own me. a minivan ever. So I went from a Suburban and then we didn't fit that anymore. We went to a 15 passenger van. So you have that at home. I have that at home. Okay. That's, that's- when everybody's together. We're in the 15 passenger but I got to the point where I have children old enough that they ran activities where it was just one or two of us in the car. It didn't make sense to drive around that big gas guzzler. So 
I got a smaller car and I got a cute car. You got a cute car. Oh, yeah. And I just, that hit me that you're not driving a big <laughs> car. No, I do all that I can not to drive that big behemoth anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you have kids in college. I do. I How have many? three in three university in college. right now. Mm-hmm. And where did they, this is, so let me just tell the listener where I plan on going today, but with the happy hour, you never know what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you're passionate about parenting. I am. Mothering, mm-hmm. intentionality. And so Absolutely. we're going to talk about that. Um, but you have sent three kids off to college. I have. Which, again, if you listen to the show, you know I'm about to cry. I got a freshman, Susan. Mm. And I feel like the clock is ticking. Oh my gosh. I remember those days. It is ticking down yes. every day. Absolutely. It's watching them go through all their changes, first of all. While you're, I don't know where you are in your body clock, but I was going through some of my own changes. And so there was a lot of hormones and a lot of stuff going on in the house. A lot of girls. There's that. Um, And boys can have their hormone stuff too. I agree, that's true, yeah. It's just a whole big mix of hormone stuff going on. But then I'm also looking at, we're getting down to this time of I'm asking myself the question, have we prepared him well enough to go? Like, is he ready? Where is he going? Okay, when did you ask that question? Because I have a fresh, when... And I and I I don't think I've asked myself that yet okay. because it doesn't seem so like nothing's being coming in our mail every day about mm-hmm. universities. Like he hasn't taken the essay. Like you know we're not yeah. there yet. Mm-hmm. Not saying I don't think about it, but when yeah. did you actually go? Have we done everything we needed to do? Yeah. Well, I think that what happened for me is one of the things my husband and I love to do is we love to keep someone in our life who's next level or next season. So we had those people in our lives who were just ahead of us. So they were in the place of their kids had just gotten in to college and they had just gone through that whole thing. So they're talking about the decisions that they wish they would have made and the mistakes they made. So it made us sit there and go, oh, okay. Oh, so we should be thinking about these things and uh, we should be planning. And then we're looking at my son who's, you know, we're like, hey, dude, what do you think you might be interested in? And he's like, I don't don't know. know. Yeah. (laughs) We're like, hey, so what do you think you might, have some type of interest in. He's like, games? Fun? Like, oh, I'm like, oh, this is a disaster. So <laughs> it just- But also very me. typical, right? <laughs> right. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> I'm looking for clues and I'm not getting any. Right. So I was just like, come on, son, help me out. So his personality is also very laid back. Whereas my husband and I tend to be very leaned in. Like, we're like, let's handle it. And he's kind of like, ah, it'll work out. Ah, no big deal. So- Put the two of us together, right? Mm-hmm. Me and him, and I. It was quite an interesting so you're pushing, and your son's mm-hmm. like, "It's cool, we're He's good." Like, what's the What's the rush? Yeah, what's the what's rush? The big deal. Yeah, what yeah. are you worked up about? Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> okay, well, tell me this though. Let's talk about this. So, sending three kids off to college, mm-hmm. and so you know, you've got four more to go. Yeah. Talk to us, mamas, who we maybe have not sent anyone off. But when you said that question a while ago, that you and your husband were asking, mm-hmm. "Have we prepared him?" Mm-hmm. Do you now look back and go, there are things that we intentionally do mm-hmm. along the way oh, yeah. to prepare to launch our kids? Mm-hmm. What What are you doing? Yeah. So there were lots of things that um, everybody else said they should know, right? There, there are certain things they should have covered in school. And there's certain um, activities that they should, like they should be in sports or they should have all these Extracurricular things. stuff. Like all yeah. of these lists that they have for parents of what you should have. And- we did those to a to a point. But the biggest thing for us was always character. It was always who they were. And did they get some understanding of who they were to stand in that and to own it? Like, had they been prepared enough 
to own how God had uniquely created them and to stand in that in the midst of a whole lot of conversations about all the other things they should do. Because they're going to move into a new season of peer pressure where we won't be so present. Right. And we're not there every day for them to check in. And I want to sleep at night and know, you know, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to fall down. But can they get back up? Like, do they have that in them? Have we planted that in them? Have we given them opportunities to be challenged enough so that they could test out those muscles so that they don't have to test them out on the big decisions that can really impact their life going forward? Mm. So things like that look like for us that in spite of no matter how busy their schedule was, they still had responsibilities at home. Like, cho- and, like, quote, like unquote, chores, chores. Yeah, exactly. They had chores. They had um, even responsibilities of checking in with one another. Like we have some type of buddy system within the house. You wait, not tell this, me about the buddy system. So this buddy system is don't think too deep. Like, okay. don't think, no, super deep. But there's like, when we go out somewhere, um, one of my own like things, I have this thing, especially in a 15 passenger van, I'm like, there's very limited exits here. Like, if we ever needed to get out quick, I'd like to know that somebody checked on somebody and they wasn't like every man for himself and God for us all. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, somebody check. So in that, it created this system within our family. Like when we go somewhere, one of the older ones looks out for one of the younger ones and they're that person, do they have their shoes? Do they have their coat? Did they get out the door safely? Are they maneuvering through the parking lot safely? Like all of these things that became a friendship for them. It wasn't just this like, oh, oh I have I to be their brother, junior yeah. parent. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't that. I'm not looking for you to correct them and instruct them. It's just, could you be an extra set of eyes because they need that for their protection? And they took that on. So no matter how busy their life got as they moved forward, there was still this, I got somebody who's coming behind me and I check in on them. Like, how are they doing? Are they doing all right? Uh, what's some things that I would share? Every once in a while, I'd be like, you're learning lots of life lessons right now. What's one you'd share with your sister? That's good. And they'll just go in and be like, you know, when I was your age, I kind of really hated when mom wouldn't let me see those movies because she would be like, it's PG-13 and you ain't 13, so you can't watch it. And I'd be like, I'm missing out. Like everyone else is seeing it. And now I go, I get why mom made me wait. Mm. Because there's just certain things you just don't need to see and certain things you don't need to hear. Yeah. So just, you know, mom might seem like she's being really hard, but just give it time. That's so good because we have those conversations with our kids a lot because sometimes I was just thinking about this yesterday, Susan. We um, are really slow with social media with Mm -hmm. our kids. I mean, I've got two seventh graders, a fifth grader and a ninth grader. Mm Mm-hmm. And they feel like they're the only ones, you know, and they literally might be. They just might be, right? True, (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we're having those conversations of we're not trying to be mean. We're not the mean parents. Mm -mm. We actually really care about more about you than if you have what everyone else has. And, you know, there's some things that my kids do get to do that other kids might. I mean, it's because it's parenting. And what do we see Mm -hmm. as important? And we're talking about developing character as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so developing character, buddy Mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. Were you going someplace else with that? Um, I I think overall, we wanted to really help them to have a bigger view of their life than just the next step. So it wasn't just let's get into college or let's get a job. But where ultimately do you want to go? Where do you feel like, what do you feel like God's stirring up within you? And if you don't know, this is something that I told my son because he started to become uh, really concerned because he didn't have any ideas. And he was starting to get more adults, like friends at church or other friends' parents who were like, hey, so 
you know, you guys are getting into your later years of high school. What are you thinking you might want to do? And he's like, I feel like I should have an answer and I don't. Right. So I said, this is one thing that I want you to really, really hang on to, son. God has is very concerned about every detail of your life. And nothing in your life is happenstance, including the people he's placed around you. So I want you to think about the people that are around you, your friends, your family members, and just ask yourself, which one of those people are you curious about right now? Which one of them do you go, I kind of wonder what they do at work, or I kind of wonder how they got there. And my son was like, oh, that's easy. And I was like, oh, thank God. Finally, right, we're something. going someplace. We got yeah. a clue. We got a hint. And he was like, um, my granddad. I was like, cool. Hello, he's even closer. Like, I can call him up. You didn't name somebody that I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Um, do you have their number? I don't know. Right. And so I said, well, what is it about him? He said, I'm really curious about his job as a physician assistant. Like, what is that? What does he do? And I was like, well, dude, let's call him up. So we called him up. And I said, I'm just going to ask a favor. Can Malik shadow you at work one day? Just walk around and take a look. He was like, absolutely. I'd love to do that. And I'm thinking this is just way too simple. Why haven't we done this up to this point? But I had never asked him the question that kind of shifted his brain from thinking he had to have all the answers to just saying, I'm just curious about this person. So um, I don't want to oversimplify that this is all you got to do. Right. But I will say this is what God did for us. So my son went to work with his grandfather, shadowed him at work. While they're walking around, a surgeon bumped into them in the hallway and was like, hey, who's this? And he was like, oh, it's my grandson. He was like, hey, what's he interested in? And he was like, well, I'm just curious about the medical field, curious about what's going on. And he said, well, I do internships in the summer. Would you like to intern with me? And he was like, I, sure. What would that mean? And he said, well, we'll talk about it. If you're interested in, we'll, you know, let's connect and we'll talk further. And he has ended up interning with that surgeon for the past four years. And from that, he determined that that's what he ultimately wants to do. But beyond, before that, he had not a clue. Yeah, yeah. He didn't know where to start. Yeah. But he had to be surrounded by other people who became his next level, who became his next season where he could go, I kind of like what I see here. And being there with them every day, he was able to say, I don't like that aspect and I don't like that. So as I'm thinking it through, it helps him to really That's narrow so in. That's so and good. now he's locked in and he feels good about where he's headed. I worked at summer camp one year mm-hmm. with elementary kids and that told me I didn't want to teach elementary school. See, you know, there we so go. I love kids and I ended up teaching older, but yeah, you just got to have that experience. You know, Aaron and I think similarly to you. What is your husband's name? Ron. Ron. Mm-hmm. So Aaron and I think similarly to you and Ron, we just had this conversation the other day about how important it is for us mm-hmm. to have older people speaking into our kids' lives mm-hmm. as well. And I know that you, I can mm-hmm. feel that as well. Mm-hmm. We have a, a, some couple friends that are great friends of ours. They're probably about 10, 15 years older than us. And they are ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And so we look to them a lot. Oh, yeah. And we have watched them and see they love their kids. Great parents. Not that they never made mistakes. But exactly. They just love Jesus and they love their kids. Mm-hmm. But something that's been important for us as well is saying, how can we put people in our kids' lives? Yes that are older, mm-hmm. that are that they still think are cool, mm-hmm. you know, so they're not like 40, like exactly. ancient, like Come their on. parents, exactly. right? Exactly. But they're going to tell them the same things we're telling them. Exactly. And I, people will say, where do you find these people? And mm-hmm. man, church is like, 
it's it's the way to find. I'm not saying everybody at church is perfect. Right. But really we have found that when Aaron's intentional with young men's mm-hmm. lives, then they're intentional with our boy. I mean, it's just yeah. like this ripple effect. It really is. It's so interconnected. In some ways, I think we could get so narrow focused and so we think that this is my friend. But we, if we look at that friendship in a bigger God view of it, we could see how that friend has these offsprings of their life. There's experiences that they've done. There's careers they've had. There's things they've tried. And their stories touch our children. And it doesn't have to mean that our children and them become BFFs and hang out and go out for the weekend, but it could. Right. But if we just open up our lives to one another and be willing to share those stories, I think we'll find that we create, that God opens our eyes, really. He gives us vision. He gives sight to the blind to begin to see how what we thought was maybe just a friendship for us becomes this connection within our family that leads to next steps for our children when they're trying to find their way on the path. It's so good. Parenting, I I don't know if you'll agree with this. I say all the time, parenting is the hardest task God's put before me and it holds the most weight. Yes. And it's the one that's, well, it's hardest. It's also, when I say it's a struggle for me, I I don't want people, like, I love my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But it takes work yeah. To be a good parent. But that's true, right? I mean, if, of anything that matters, that's it takes exactly, work, right? Yeah, thanks. I was like trying to think mm-hmm. about that. Like, no, that has to be true for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that I love about you is that you're really, and we've been talking about this in some form or fashion since we started, but you are really, really um, passionate about intentional parenting. I am. Seven kids, homeschool, all of those things have mm-hmm. led you on this journey yeah. of kind of coaching women of how to be intentional parents. Mm-hmm. What sparked Mm -hmm. that for you? For me, I really always hoped that I would have this older woman in my life who I could just sit at her table and she would tell me all the life wisdom and I would just soak it all up and life would be good. And I pictured that that woman would live on my street Uh and we'd hang out. And have coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm coming over, girl. (laughs) Again. It's me again. Here I am. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Back again. I yeah. was just here two hours ago, but I'm back. <laughs> um, and so that that never happened. And I remember one day in my frustration just saying, when I get old enough, I'm going to be that mm. for other women. I want to at least be able to share my wins and my mistakes. And hopefully it sheds some kind of light for them and helps them out. Now, one thing I'm very, very sensitive about is that my life is not the path, right? So Everybody's not supposed to homeschool. Everybody's not supposed to have seven children. Um, Everybody's not supposed to do it the way that I do it. I don't believe there is a way, like this right way. Mm -hmm. But I believe everybody has a way. Like Mm -hmm. there's a way that God has for them. You've said that several times. Like this is how we've done it. This is what we've done. This may not be, yeah. That's so important I appreciate that because sometimes you'll hear someone say, this is exactly how to be an awesome parent. Come on. And I'm like, well, that doesn't include any of my giftings. None. And that stresses me out and brings Truly. me a lot of anxiety. All that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm out here, I'm consistently sharing my story. And I hope that as I share my story, people like have these light bulbs going off like, oh, we could do that. Oh, I could ask my child, what are they curious about? Even though they're young. Like, because you can ask them that today. Like, yeah. what are you curious about? What are you interested in? Uh, you could take them to the library and just be like, what are you curious about? And then just watch them walk around and discover. And in that, you get to know them in a different way versus telling them, you know, you should read this book because it's a good book. I read it when I was your age. Okay. (laughs) 
if you want to share your life with them in that way. But what about if you get to know them as well? And that's one of the things that we do in our household. As much as I am a parent where I definitely am not my kids' best friends and we are not just having conversations uh, where I'm just, tell me all the things you think. Like sometimes this is how it is and we're done. You know what I'm <laughs> right. saying? Like We're going to handle it. But we also get to do this dance of there are times when I set that to the side and I just open up just to give them space to share as well. Because there's places where I am teaching and leading them and there's places where they are teaching me. And I go, God put you in my life and I want to appreciate the gift that you are. And I want to be a gift to you. Now let's figure out how we walk this together in a way that honors him. Mm. And that really creates a space where all of us feel loved and appreciated and seen and heard. And um, that's really my hope. Because as my kids get older, I do want to transition into this place where we're friends. Yeah. Where they don't feel like, well, you know, my mom was hard and she was tough and I'm glad I'm out of here. And they like burn it, right? You know, Uh like I want them to be um, seeking me out and saying, mom, let's talk. Yeah. Like this is where I am in my life right now. And so uh, for us, what I like to teach when I'm in teach mode. So I'll put my teach hat on for a second. Put your teacher hat on for a second. Go. (laughs) So for me, the definition of being intentional is having both the courage and the confidence to live true to your core values. And the interesting thing about that is most of us want to be confident in our parenting. Yeah. But what precedes confidence is always courage. It's someplace where we have to lean in and be brave. It's someplace where we have to get uncomfortable. We have to do something we've never done. We have to be willing to trust God when we're going to be different and odd. When it looks like everybody else is doing a way that seems to work. Why not us too, right? right? Like, why why does he have us out here doing home birth and homeschool and We have our own home business. We have our own family business that we do. Um, It's grown out of the home now. Um, Why, God, why do we always have to be the oddballs? That would be me talking to God, right? That's that's the way I pray. It's really not, you know, Heavenly Father. (laughs) Why are we the odd ones? I'm like, God, why am I the oddball again? (laughs) And he's like, that's the path I called you to. Now walk it. I'm like, okay, here we go. So on this side, I can smile and look back at the journey. But there were times when I was making decisions that I truly felt convicted of God to do. And I struggled because it just, it felt odd again. It like felt what? Like, um, truly, the home birthing. Yeah. Um, at times but you kept when, coming back to it yeah, seven come times. come on, girl. Come on. I mean, somebody was smitten with motherhood over here. Did you want, you want, you're like, I'm gonna have a home birth every time. Or were there sometimes you're like, not again? No, it was, I was committed to home birth. Because you felt like that was the path God had I called truly, you to. That just, it just felt right for us. It for really you, did. I love that. Yeah, yeah it yeah. just felt right for us. But for me, when I had that first baby and I looked in his eyes, I just felt in on motherhood. Like it was done deal. Like girl was smitten. She was no good. Like this was like the thing for me. And it's interesting to be on this side now where I'm out and I'm writing a book and speaking and I'm teaching and traveling because I always thought it was just going to be me at the house with the kids. Like that was the life he had for me. And I get to visit this new part of the path and the journey and to go, oh, this too oh, okay, look at me trying to put a limit on what this is going to look like. And those are, and many, many steps within that that path and that journey have been parts where I've had to show courage. Like it took courage for me to say, in the midst of still homeschooling four children, I'm also going to write a book and I'm also going to start speaking and traveling internationally and speaking like, really? Right. How's this supposed to work? Yeah. Like this doesn't make sense. 
And I tried, I don't know if you tried this when, when you started feeling called out, but um, to step into your, your next season, but I tried my best to promote everybody else around me. I was like, hey, you see her over there at church? She's really a good speaker. God, you should like have her speak at that thing instead of me. Oh, look. And I would like be promoting all these other people around me because they were genuinely good. Like, she's a great writer. She's a great speaker. She's a great leader. And he was like, yeah, that's great. And it doesn't change that I'm calling you too. And I thought, what? Like, why would you call me? Like, I got all my reasons. I got seven kids. I'm homeschooling. We have our own business. I feel like my plate's kind of full. Yeah. So what, what is this next step thing? But it was another moment for me to show courage and have that confidence in what God has placed in me and who God is, that I would just live true to the core values he's placed within our household. And in that, we're just continuing to be intentional, just like we've been for years. So those core values didn't change. No, the core values have stuck. That's the key, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. as I'm listening to you, what I'm what I'm hearing you say is we have these core values for our family. Yeah. And no matter where we go, where he leads us, mm-hmm. what jobs we take, what jobs, whatever, mm-hmm. these never change. No. And the interesting thing is that we've had to discover what those core values were. So it's not so much that, um, this is how, what I teach. I teach families to choose three core values and to commit to them for 12 months. And within my book, uh, I have a list of like 96 core values. Okay, good. Yes. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're so helping you us out. Just, yeah, okay. so you go to that list and you just read through them. I encourage people to read through the list. There are going to be some words that just stand out to you. When you get to those, you like circle the ones that sound good. If you end up with like 15 good ones, then go back through it again and just go like, which ones, like if you had to think about when my child is 18 and they're moving on, what do I want to be true and real for them? Okay, that's good. Then those are going to be the truly core values. Here's another clue. What really ticks you off? Like when my kids do this, Uh it ticks me off. So one of the things is if my kid I tell them, I correct them. They go to their room and they slam the door shut. Uh-huh. Woo! Like oh, I could feel my too. back get tight. Like, did they just slam that uh, no, door? No, they did it. yes. And it's just this thing. But what I was able to identify over time is that was a respect issue for yes. me. That was disrespectful. If I'm talking to you and you just walk away and I would feel myself go, did, did you just walk away from mm-hmm. me? Like that's a respect thing. See, that's a core value for me. So one or the other, you could say, what do I want to be true for my children? Or you could say, what are those things that really are like sensitive buttons for me? Because that means to your core, it is part of who you are. Like you want that to be real and true in the spaces where you're living and operating. So for us, our three core values are faith, love, and respect. And these are three core values that you've had Mm -hmm. for years. For years now. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we use those core values to make decisions about our money, about our friendships, about how we spend our time, about the church community we're in, um, about extracurricular activities for the kids, movies we watch. Um, All these things go back to, are these in line with our core values or no? Do they support them or no? Or can we use, like, let's say it's a movie and it's all outside our core values. Like, and nothing happened in this movie that we go, this is honorable. Can we use the scenes in that movie to talk about how our core value, how this goes against the core values of what God Mm -hmm. has put within us? So all within that, 
they become a regular conversation within our home and it helps to focus us all in to how are we headed in the direction that God has been trying to point us. And with that, what we're doing is infusing a sense of core identity within our children. And that is who they are. Mm. So they so say, your question I of, am a faithful person. Where are they going to be when they leave? Yes. It's based on everything in your parenting. Yes. You know, I just, I was telling you this before you got here. I just did an interview with Laura Casey that is going to be a part of our Patreon page. And she talks about living. Okay, let me get it right. Not living by accident, but mm-hmm. living with intention. Yes. And I think when when you're talking, I'm like, think, I'm hearing the same thing of, mm-hmm. I think we can get through our parenting. And we're probably, I'm thinking of ways I'm guilty of this right now, mm-hmm. of just doing the thing. Right. Doing the motions, doing the parenting. Mm-hmm. But is it just, am I just parenting by accident or do I have any intention? And you're saying, parents, mm-hmm. we need intention. Absolutely. It makes all the difference because it helps your children to appreciate that you're not just saying things to say things, like you actually oh, have good. a yeah. reason. Uh-huh. Now, they might disagree with your reasons. And that's or not all good. get it. As you know the, what I'm saying? Yeah, uh-huh. Exactly. Like, that's still real. But deep down, they go, my parents are not doing this uh, happenstance. Like, they actually mean it. They actually care. They actually are doing this out of love, no matter how I feel about it. And then we can talk about, maybe we could have said it in a better way. Maybe we could have handled it at a different time. Maybe we can, you know, handle those little nuances of what we're doing. But underneath all of that, they know that there's this deep set of intention and core values that are driving their decisions and the way that they're guiding and leading our family. I bet that can bring a lot of trust into the relationship Mm -hmm. as well for the parent and the child as well. Truly. One of the things that you have are... these card, what do you call these? The intentional parent card set. The intentional parent card set. I love it. <laughs> and you created these, this card set that mm-hmm. you can get, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, that you created it as just a tool mm-hmm. for parents to use to have discussions mm-hmm. with their kids. Yes, it's so important. So one of the things that I've learned is that when we're having conversations with one another, we are having conversations on one of three levels. We're having either a surface level conversation, which is just acknowledging another person's presence. It's what we do when we walk past someone. We're like, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. They're like, good, fine. The second level is head. That's where the stat, the stats, information, and data rest. So it's, you know, how'd you do on your test? What time do we need to leave? What do you need to have for practice tonight? You know, all those different details. Did you put that, it on the all list? all those conversations all, all day long with constantly. kids. Yeah, constantly. And the risk is that in most of our households, we will hang out on level one and two. Okay. We're either on the surface level of, hey, I'm home. Hey, good to see you. Or we're saying, what time is dinner? What are we having? Did you put it on the list? What time do we need to leave? Those kinds of things. The third level, this is the rich level, is the heart level. And heart level conversations are the only place where true transformation takes place. And quite often as parents, we have head level conversations about, did you clean your room? Do you know why you should clean your room? Do you know how you're supposed to clean your room? We don't get into what is it that I'm really trying to teach you? Mm. What is it I'm trying to infuse within you? And that's on that heart level that drops in and that transforms a child, that transforms a conversation when it shifts to that heart level. And so in this card set, these are all questions that are there that are designed to be heart level conversations. Like one of the favorite ones that people love to ask is um, the question in there, it asks, what do you think dad does all day? Oh, I like that. Yes. 
And the kids get to, the answers are hilarious, uh-huh. right? There is one in there about mom as well. Like, uh-huh. what, do you, what does mom do all day? And you get- <laughs> Now my kids would be like, talk to people? <laughs> talk She's hanging people. out. Yeah, I know, right? She's on social media all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. You know uh-huh. I mean? You're like, okay, but there's a purpose in that. But when you get into that, then you get to share, why do you do the yeah. things you do? And dad gets to share why he makes the music he makes, right? So now it's not just about the function of it, but then you get to share mm. on a heart level of what the music means to you and what the music does yeah. and means to others. Yeah. And that's a heart conversation that you're having. I love that. We've had that speaking of that example, um, you know from traveling and leaving kids, and mm-hmm. I travel and leave my kids. I always say, people are like, How do you how do you do them? I'm like, well, you do one at a time. If I'm yeah. on the road, I'm not parenting. Yes. You know, I may be taking a phone call or pick, tell someone who picks someone up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I'm home in my house, after I leave my office, I'm mom. But I often tell my kids mm-hmm. um, when I have to leave Yeah, is unless I'm like going on a trip with their dad, you know, mm-hmm. because we love each other and we take care of our marriage that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I leave because I want people to know about Jesus. Yeah. And so we get to have those conversations. And you're right. I can mm-hmm. see in that area of just that example that you used, how it does help my kids kind of buy in mm-hmm. to the mission that mm-hmm. Aaron and I have, you know? Truly. And so I'm thinking about that. And there are tons of other ways that I'm like, oh, we could go a little bit deeper with that conversation, mm-hmm. you know? So this is such a helpful tool, Susan. Yeah. Well, that's what I want it to be. Anything that that I share with moms has to be simple enough to be understood quickly and easy enough to implement because we're busy and we do not have time to sit down and learn 12 steps and nope. figure it out Mm-mm. and then implement it. Like, it's not going to happen. And I you got can just throw books. these in your purse. Exactly. And the, some of the best conversations are in the car. If you're they one-on-one really in the car, are. it feels weird because you're like, oh, we should sit down and have drinks and dessert mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. in tea, people. Right, not come, like, on. <laughs> come on, we're talking about our kids. But we should sit down, take them to have ice cream or whatever. And you can mm-hmm. just, in the car is easy. Please, especially for boys. Yeah, because they don't have to look, that, that back conversation yeah. side to side, they mm-hmm. love that. They do, they thrive in that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look a boy in the eye and you go, hey, <laughs> let's have a heart-to-heart conversation. Yeah, they're like, oh, uh, this is they're weird, They're going to shut down. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, we're out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in the car, at dinner, while you're, you know, and just grab a card, read the question. And then while you're washing dishes, while they're washing yeah. dishes, just hang out on Bring the it counter up. and- just toss it out there and see where it goes. I and love it. So many families have written to me and said, I can't believe how much we got out of our kids yeah. from one simple question. That's great. It's so good. It's so good. Okay. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. 
you guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. True or false, Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Okay, so 2018, Mm -hmm. good or beat down? Who girl beat down? Why was it a beat down? Beat down, worn out. Let's see. I would say it started out strong, going well, doing great speaking, enjoying the things that I felt like God was leading me to do. And then um, my parents live across the street from us. Okay. Um, my husband and I were able to buy the house across the street and move them in. And we call it jokingly the the retirement home slash dorm. Okay. Yeah. My son moved over there and he's <laughs> over there with them. And I said, sir, you have got the cleanest, neatest, most helpful roommates ever uh-huh. of a college student. Yeah. So <laughs> that's great. But my parents' health took a turn. Yeah. And my dad um, has had more than one medical crisis where... I would just be at home homeschooling and I'd pick up the phone and my mom would be like, get over here now. And I'd rush over and find him in a medical crisis and have to call the ambulance and get him off and then get mom settled enough to get her to the hospital. And that happened more than once. And in the midst of that, um, I had one of my, um, my children enter into a relationship that was scary and headed in scary directions and feeling them pull away and not want to share and not want to hear counsel anymore and not really want, uh, felt like um, in some ways we became the enemy Mm. um, in spite of us being able to see the train wreck that was about to happen. And it was the first relationship. So I get the curiosity, I get the interest, but it was hard to watch Mm. that. And in the midst of that, my speaking schedule was jam-packed. So I could have a medical crisis happen, get dad to where he's stable, 
turn around, have a kid who doesn't want to talk to me. And it's giving me that look across the room. Like, I'm not trying to hear a word you have to say. And I got to pack a bag and be out the door in the morning and walk away from it all. When everything in me wanted to put a bag down, grab the kid, sit the kid down, let's go over to the hospital and sit by dad's bedside. Like I wanted to be in all the places to do all the things. And instead, I couldn't. I needed to go and be faithful where he called me to go. And he had to continually remind me that he saw everything going on around me and he still was saying go. Mm. Because I checked in every time. Like, is this a go or is this a stay? Go. Mm. Uh, We lost our grandmother. She passed away in the midst of all of that. It was a go down to say goodbye in the hospital, come home, pack a bag, go off to speak. I mean, it's just been, it was one thing after another for good six months of 2018. So when we entered into the holidays, girl was burnt out, Mm -hmm. fried, tired, and just needing a break. So this entire holiday season, um, we have figured out meals on the fly. (laughs) They're like, what are we having for Thanksgiving? Good question. Good question. Um, I thought it would be dominoes. Mm -hmm. I really was ready to just be like, "I, I got nothing, guys. I got no creativity, holiday spirit. Let's do all the things, deck the halls and sing the songs. Like I had none of it. I just was in this space of barely feeling like my nose was above the water and clearer than clear that I was doing what I was supposed to do, but feeling like I still don't know that I have it in me to keep going. And I'm tired and I just want all these problems fixed. I just want things to be right. And I want people to get right, act right, do right, be right, get healthy, all that. And um, instead, I found myself crying more than ever, uh, praying harder than ever, uh, really leaning in on friends more than ever, and allowing them to hold me. Because I'm one that's used to supporting others. I'm used to helping others. I'm used to being there for others. And it was time for me to allow some people to be there for me and just hear my junk and risk being judged for it, risk them misunderstanding me, risk them judging my kids Um, and just still going, but I need somebody to help me because it's dark over here in this corner of the woods here. And I need somebody to to hear my voice as I cry out. Mm-hmm. And if it's nothing more than just response of I'm here, that's good enough. I wasn't looking for them to give me answers. And I don't think most people are when they're in those moments, you know? I was going to ask, was the risk worth it? Oh my gosh. It was so worth it. Yeah. You know, um, now that we're we're through that, you know, Gratefully, dad's health has taken a turn back for the good. So he's good. Um, My parents are still aging, though. Mm -hmm. So I still see the changes. There's not this bounce back to Mm -hmm. the good old days. You know, he's he's back, but he's still aging. I have this appreciation for where he is instead of a fear of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got to revisit what it meant to um, have some healthy boundaries around that. Because I'm sure that there there are people who are listening who are in the medical field who do work where they're on call. And they understand that that being on call is like this edgy, um, anxious feeling all the time because you never know when the phone can ring. You got to kind of stay ready. 
And I wasn't built for that. None of us are built for that as a lifestyle. And so I needed to revisit some boundaries on how to manage Mm -hmm. crises because that on-edgeness was frying me out. And I didn't manage it well, obviously, because my body told me by the end, you know, where I had the headaches that just wouldn't go away or um, my sleep was just completely jacked. And um, just all these issues that my body is saying, girl, you, we went through it. Like mm-hmm. we've got the scars to show. We've been in battle here. And as much as it was a spiritual battle, we have the physical showings of being in battle. Yeah. And uh, holidays for me for 2018 were refreshing. It was all about refreshing. I needed to just be still. It didn't need to be big. It didn't need to be elaborate. It didn't need to be busy. It needed to be quiet. It needed to be simple. It needed to be restful. And it was. I think when I hear you talk about it, I'm thinking, golly, everybody has experienced what you just described. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the self-awareness that you had of going, the holidays are just gonna have to look different this year. Yeah, They're just gonna have to look different because my body and my health and my head and my brain and my emotion, everything needs it to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, as you look forward, I mean, this mm-hmm. is January. As you look mm-hmm. forward to 2019, mm-hmm. a lot of these circumstances might not change that much. I mean, you you mentioned your dad is aging. You're Mm -hmm. still speaking. You Mm -hmm. still have seven kids. You're still homeschooling. Mm -hmm. All of these things are still happening. Mm -hmm. What does it look like for you looking forward? Because, I mean, I I so love that the conversation went here because Mm -hmm. it's it's refreshing to know that when you're choosing to be intentional in different areas and you're choosing to say, God, I go where you call me and I'm Mm -hmm. intentional with my kids, there's still hard stuff. Exactly there are still hard times. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the way you parent. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change what God's asked you to do. It's just really hard. What does 2019 look like knowing Mm -hmm. all of that? Mm. Well, I'm one of those those people that's on the word of the year bandwagon. Oh, good. Tell me yours. I've never done it. I probably never will, but I'd love to hear yours. (laughs) I have been doing it every year for about five or six years and I love it. Uh, My word this year is rise. Okay. And for me, rise looks like so many different things, but it's it's raising the standard. I'm still raising kids. Um, I, I want to rise in the morning with this sense of purpose and I want to rise rested. Mm. And if I'm not rested, then that means that my rise needs to shift. And um, there's just going to be so many ways that I look forward to in 2019. Um, girl, for, for speaking, it's going to look like raise some rates around here. Like that's going to need to change. Preach. <laughs> because I, I, in 2018, I really did some burning out uh, because I did things that I just, they're not sustainable. They weren't sustainable. And I did them because I had the heart to do them. I'm grateful and so glad I did them. I'm so glad I had the time and the opportunity to do it. But it's not something I can continue to do because it's going to, I'm going to have to pay a price physically and financially that that is just not healthy and good for me to do. So um, this year, it's going to be all about rise. And I look forward to uh, really leaning in more on my podcast, the Mentor for Moms podcast. I look forward to um, sharing more with that and giving more um, uh, of what I have to share, because this is one of the ways that I get to reach out and share with people that... Um, it doesn't require me to travel. It doesn't require me to do all the things. Uh, it just requires me to sit down in a chair and lean into that microphone and share my heart. And I love being able to do that. So I'm excited and expectant in 2019 
in a way that I, I haven't felt in a while. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, so one of the things, and God, I have two more things I want to ask you, and we're running out of time, <laughs> but let's do it. We can do it. Okay, let's do it. One of the things I want to ask you is, you also talk to women a lot about self-care. Mm-hmm. And you say it's more than just going and getting a manicure and watching please, a movie. Please. Tell me what you say it's more. What mm-hmm. is it then? Mm-hmm. I'm so passionate about that because I hear so many people like, girl, practice self-care, go shopping. And I'm just like, okay, it's deeper than that. You right. know, like uh, we as women are so multifaceted and so much deeper. My simple definition for self-care is loving and caring for yourself in the same way that you love and care for others. As women, we have... Mm things figured out for others. We anticipate their needs. We are there for them when they need it. Um, We are there for them before they even realize they need it, right? And for ourselves, we are a total afterthought. We're like, oh, dang, I haven't eaten and it's two o'clock. No wonder my head is pounding and my stomach's growling. Um, I remember when my kids were little. If I knew I was going to be out running errands and it was going to go through nap time, I was going to have these snacks that they never get because I was like bribing them. Like, you can have these. Come on, come on, come on, come Uh on. I see you want to have a meltdown, but don't do it to me here in the middle of the grocery store. Don't do it, don't do it. If you just eat this cookie, Uh you You would anticipate everything. (laughs) Yes. And I would have all kinds of snacks for them. When they were going out to parks and whatnot, I would have extra sets of clothes for them. Like all the things. And then I would be sitting there forced to eat goldfish and Cheerios and wearing the raggedy shirt that's been spit up on or whatever, right? So what if... We, I just did this simple self-care of packing a snack for myself, something that I like to eat. Can we just talk about that? Yeah. Not there's something I could eat, but I actually like to eat this. And for me, self-care doesn't have to cost money. It doesn't mean you have to leave home. It just means you have to put yourself on your list. Put yourself on your list. That's good. Yes. It's just simple as that. What are some little things you can do to make sure that you're on the list too. Because as much as you want others in your life to feel loved and cared for and seen and heard, how can you create the space where you experience the same? It's You're not even asking us to put ourselves first on the list. No. You're asking us to put ourselves on the list. Exactly. So all you people, tomorrow when you wake up, you make a list of everybody in your house that you're gonna, that you're gonna help out or yeah. all your roommates or whoever you live with mm-hmm. and you add yourself to the list. Make sure you're on there. Put yourself on the <laughs> list. Okay, the last thing. And then I have to ask you something else. So, okay, you said this and I'm intrigued because I don't know the answer to this. Ooh. You said, and I, and I don't know how, I don't know what when this was in your life, but you said there was a season when you felt mm-hmm. like you were single parent in a married relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes, I sure did. Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. That was a hard season. That was a season in my marriage where um, my husband has always lived and worked here in Austin. He was, he didn't have a job where he traveled, but um, he would work some long hours. And when he would come in the house, he kind of felt like his job was done. Like he had done the thing. I'm a rest. He and had, man, uh-huh. he would climb in his favorite chair and he would either turn on the news which I didn't like to have the news on. I still don't like to have the news on. Uh, or he would get on his laptop or he'd get on his phone and he'd be in his like own little world. And I remember walking by the chair, kind of kicking it, you know, like, oh, must be nice, dude. Like been out there all day, come home, just sit. Because last I checked, yeah, house still needs help. People still need to be fed and bathed and kitchen needs. Hello, hello, yeah. hello, hello. Yeah. And um. I got it. Like he'd been pouring all out and he was busted. Like he was beyond tired. Uh, But so was I. And I remember just having this moment where I was like, 
Let me think through all the things that need to happen in this household. Let's see. Let's take care of the baby. Uh Uh-huh. That's me. Take care of the kids. Uh Uh-huh. Homeschool. Uh Uh-huh. Grocery shop. That's me. Clean house. That's me. And if I just did the list, everything came up. Me, 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 me. And I thought, okay. And hubby, work, earn the money. That would be like his things. And I thought, wow. I mean, short of me really uh, getting him to take on some of those things, which he would say them and then not follow through. It just all felt like it was on my shoulders. And I, I just had these moments where I was like, I don't want this dynamic anymore. Like, this doesn't work. I don't really know how we got here, but we got to get out of this because this is not going to work long term. I'm burning out trying to do all the things and keep all of the balls that we've tossed up in the air going. And I feel like you kind of check in when you check in and you check out when you check out. You said this to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we sat down and we had a conversation um, after baby number seven. (laughs) So obviously there were some loving moments in there, right? We got the baby (laughs) seven. Hello. Um, But I I say, I say this jokingly, but I also believe it. I I feel like there was such a hardness or stubbornness or grit in me. I don't know what it is that it took seven kids for God to finally get a hold of it. Because you were going to say, I'll just do it. I got it. I I don't need it. That was my phrase. I got it. I got it. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. I got it. And I would say that. So in a sense, do you think, I don't want to have a counseling session here or anything. No, go ahead. But do you think that maybe he felt she's got it? Yes. Okay. He told me that. Okay. At our conversation where I was like, dude, let's go out and get some um, chips and queso because hello, Texas. Uh Um, And let's just talk. And we got there to the restaurant and I was like, I just looked at him and I kept trying to figure out how to start the conversation. And I looked in his eyes and all I could work out was, I quit. Mm. And then my, you know, you ever had that where you're about to cry, your throat just kind of clamps down? Yeah, and that was me. I couldn't get any other words out. And it's like my eyes were burning and and it just was this moment. You went too far. I I was way off the cliff. You were way off. I was out there. And he said, he told me later He was like, I didn't know if you were saying you wanted to divorce me. Like, he's like, I had no, because he's a man, right? All he heard was, let's go get some chips and queso and talk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then she looks at me and and says, I quit. Yeah. Yeah. And I I got so mad. And uh, because I was like, he's not hearing me. He's not getting me. And he was like, what do you mean you quit? Are you saying you give up on this family? And I was like, dude, if this is giving up, if this, all that I'm doing is giving up, then what in the world do you think I'm doing? Where do you mm-hmm. think my head is at? Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. You can laugh at me. I laugh at me, so go for it. Um, I wanted to leave him in the restaurant, right? And I grabbed the keys. And leave, leave, just leave him leave, there, not in the leave restaurant, the marriage. Like, not leave the marriage. Okay. I wanted to leave him there in that restaurant. Okay. I wanted to have that movie moment, you know, where I just stormed out and drove <laughs> off. Like, I just- I'll show you. I'll show you. I'm out of here, yeah. dude, right? Um, and so I grabbed the baby who's in the little baby carrier car seat thing, heavy as ever. And I grabbed the keys and I walk out the restaurant and I'm thinking to myself, how, how am I going to leave him? Like, this feels very anticlimactic to just circle the block and come back and pick him up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, get in the car. Let's go home. Uh-huh. Like, so yeah. I just stood out by the car fuming and he comes out and we went through a period of about two weeks where we didn't really talk. Mm-hmm. Like we did the basics. Hey, you got the kids, you pick them up, you know, the basics, but we weren't really talking. When we finally did talk, he shared, I would come home and I felt like you had everything together. 
Like you didn't need me. What was my, what did you need? There was nothing for me to fix or jump in or do. Like the kids were ordered and everybody had their schedules and they were moving in their thing and you had your thing and you were doing it. And I was like, man, they got it so together. I should be working hard too. So he would stay and work later. Mm. And he was like, they don't need me to come home. What they need me to do is provide better, bring more money home because there's needs at the house. People need shoes, people need food, people need things. I'll work harder and I'll take better care of my family. But the more he did that, the more tired he was when he came home. And I'm thinking, I get it. We got a lot of kids. Maybe dude just is overwhelmed with it all. So if I could just get the house picked up, get the kids good, if I could just work harder to get this together, when he comes home, he could just relax and we could just enjoy one another. And here we are both spinning on our own wheels, but our wheels were taking us away from each other instead of bringing us together. And when we finally sat down and just had that conversation, it's like the light bulb went off. If we're both spinning, but we're spinning away from each other, how can we bring this in so that what we're doing serves and works together so that our family is a unit and it's not these pieces mm. that are just kind of coexisting? So here's my question. Mm-hmm. You, you, you went to, like, you let this get so far that you're at the restaurant, like, I'm about to show him. I'm about to leave this yes. dude right here at the table. So if when you look back on that, you mm-hmm. know, 9, 10, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. what could you have done? Because mm. I know, mm-hmm. like, Aaron and I joke about this all the time, that I think things were different with our parents' generation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not slamming anybody, but right. I— my mom did everything. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Aaron looks back. I think his mom did it. You know, it was right. just, it was what it was. Exactly. And it's different now. It really it is. is. Mm-hmm. But I know there's probably someone listening. They're like, mm-hmm. I feel this way. Like yeah. I feel alone mm-hmm. in a household where I'm not a single parent. I have mm-hmm. a husband. I have a husband, right? What do you wish you would have done to where it wouldn't have got you to that breaking point? Mm-hmm. One of the ways that I could have changed things around is I could have been courageous enough to tell the truth. Instead of saying, I got it. No, it's fine. I can handle it. No big deal. To really be honest and say, I'm drowning. I can't do this. I need help. And this is the help I need. And then allow him to help me in his way. Come on. Mm -hmm. Because his way is different than my way. Um, But my hubby would say he would help. And then he would forget. Then I'd get pissed off. And so I'd do it. Mm-hmm. And then he'd be like, oh, it's done. And then I would keep doing it because he ain't doing it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of saying, dude, you said it, you would do it. Yeah. And you not doing it puts it back on my plate and my plate can't take it back. So I need you to step up and do what you said and then like let it go. And one of the things that I did to turn it around is I started letting balls drop. Like there, before I was one of those who kept the kitchen clean before I I can't go to bed until my kitchen's clean kind of thing. Chick was like, hmm, there's breakfast, lunch, and dinner dishes in that kitchen. Good night. You know what I mean? (laughs) Bye now. Um, I just started, oh gosh, you don't have any clean socks? Guess you can put some dirty ones on because we need to go and you need socks on. Let's go. Like, oh, oh, I guess we'll be late. Oh, I guess you won't go. Oh, I guess it didn't happen. Oh, I guess your friend can't come over. Like I just started letting balls drop where before... I would be reminding people and reminding them again and doing stuff for them and filling in gaps and anticipating needs and doing all these things to try to keep everything looking good and everything functioning good. And I wasn't good 
It sounds like you're that. talking about, I'm having to dish out some things to the kids too. Mm, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We had a come to Jesus meeting a couple of weeks ago and my kids now do their own laundry. Mm-hmm. But I was not making them do their laundry because it's a control thing for me. So I had to let it go. Yes. Because they don't do it the way I think they should do it. Mm-hmm. They don't fold their clothes in the laundry room. They mm-hmm. carry them to their room and mm-hmm. then they don't put them upright. Yes. And so that drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. And finally I thought, who cares? I, I don't go in their closet. Exactly. Who cares how they hang it up? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, it's been good. Mm-hmm. But you, I, I said this already on another show. Like I put a, a list of rules up in the laundry room. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my laundry room. Mm-hmm. Here's how you treat it. <laughs> but it's been good for me because mm-hmm. I had to let it go. Yeah. And they don't do it the way I think they should. But So it sounds like somewhere in there, you got a core value around that. Ooh. And the beautiful thing, because when you said rules, the beautiful thing about when you get clear on your core values is the rules in the household go out. Hmm. So, oh, yeah. Because so, I was one that I had a lot of rules. And I had a lot of I, rules. Uh-huh. I had a lot of rules. I had so many rules, I forgot my own rules. Mm-hmm. And so the kids would be enforcing rules that I'd be trying to figure out, why you're not doing mm-hmm. that? And they'd be like, because you said. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, did I? Oh, I forgot that rule. But core values, see, we communicate those all the time. They don't be for, they're not forgotten. So like um, some of my older kids, they don't have curfews. We don't do curfews. There's not a certain time you have to be home because now we're all about respect. So I need you to respect me enough to say where you're going and be honest about where you're going. And then I need for you to be clear on when you are respecting yourself, what time should you head home? When you're respecting your body's needs, when you're respecting someone else's home, like you've been there long enough, you I don't probably need to should be there go. till 3 a.m. You right? know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they want to rest. They want to shut it down. Like, how can you check in with respect and be respectful wherever you are? And what time would you need to be home in order to do that? If you're going to respect the fact that I need the car, what time do you think you should get home? Mm. Like, if I need the car at six, should you pull up at six? Mm, no. Like, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's like there's all these things that be- it then became a conversation around our core value, not this rule of there's a certain time you should be home. Because let's be real. If you want to act the fool, you can act the fool at 12 noon. Thank you. Yes. Yes. It's not about the time. Uh-huh. But if we're going to talk about respect, then I want you to be respectful at noon and I want you to be respectful at midnight and at all in between. And are you doing that? Because in our household, we're raising you to be a faithful, loving, and respectful person. Are you honoring that core value of who we are as a family? That's the conversation you want to have. I love it. (laughs) I feel like if we chatted for like three more hours, you would be like, here's your core values, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue Panting, you're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so I end every show asking people what they're loving and what they're reading. Mm. Um, you got anything for me? Ooh, I'm going to say something that probably is unconventional, but what I'm loving right now is making my bed every morning. I, I'm a bed maker. I was, I used to be a long time ago, back when I was trying to pull all the things together. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things I let go. And I'm back. And I have been loving it. Why do you love it? Because I have my own reason. There is, there's two things. One, there's this sense of completion first thing in the morning. Like I completed something. If I didn't do nothing else today, that bed, look at it. Come on, people, smile with me. That looks good. Uh, I even took a picture of my bed this morning. I was like, like it was a kid. Like, right. Boom, it uh-huh. looks so good today. Uh, but then there's the end of the day, climbing into sheets that are smoothed out and I feel like I just get snuggled in and tucked in and it's like, good night, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. yeah. I love it too. Um, I did not make my bed this morning, but mm-hmm. the holidays, you know, mm-hmm. we sleep late and Aaron was still in the bed when I got up. So, but what I love, I love everything you said. Mm-hmm. Both of them are high on my list of why I made my bed. But for me too, it is when things can feel chaotic mm-hmm. as as they, I remember when my kids were little, this is especially true. Yeah. The house would feel chaotic yes. at sometimes, like tantrums or just, just noise. Mm-hmm. I felt as though I could look at my bed and it seemed calm. Oh. You know, like it's, it was the thing that was, it was put mm-hmm. together. There yeah. could be dishes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Someone spilt something in the living room. Somebody's crying, mm-hmm. bat, whatever. Yeah. And look at that bed. Yeah. It's calm. Look at that. Mm-hmm. It's put together. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's waiting on me. It's waiting on me. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a bed maker too. Yes. I really am. I actually, it's funny you said that because I tell moms that in every room in your house, you should have one place that's safe for your eyes to land. Oh, that's good. It's just a place that it could be foolishness and chaos everywhere down low. But when you look up at that window and you see this sign that says, let's get cozy, Mm. you just go, I can exhale. I can exhale. And when you want to lose it because the kids haven't picked the the stuff up, uh, you just go (laughs) look at that safe place. You exhale, uh-huh. and when you speak to them, you can speak from a place where you're not um, sounding like they're the problem. You know what I mean? You're not at this high decibel n- noise level that even you are going, whose voice is that? Right. Is that me? Uh-huh. Why do I sound like that? Uh, you can exhale a moment before you offer the correction and the instruction. That's good. Mm-hmm. I like that. Safe place. I, I like that. And there are there are places in my home that I feel better if they're in order. Yes. Yeah. Like our living room. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that's been, I've been letting it go because it's the holidays, but my kids have been going to bed later than me. Yeah. Which happens, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just happens. It does. Mm-hmm. So they've been going to bed later than me. And when I come down in the morning, mm-hmm. I hate it. I'm just like, fold a blanket and put it back where you found it. Mm-hmm. But you know, they just go to bed because it's midnight. Yeah, they're like so I, that's the first thing I do usually is pick up all the blankets. And then I'm like, oh, everything is right with the world now. <laughs> the blankets are put up. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you reading? Are you a reader? I I am a starter of yeah. books. Yeah, I start many books. Well, see, here's the thing that you and I have in common. We have so many friends that are authors. Yes. And uh, I champion them. I buy all their books. I start their books. I, I would... I, I never commit to yeah, finishing their yeah, books. Yeah. And I tell them, I love you. Uh-huh. So if you do a podcast interview and you're on Jamie's podcast, I'm listening because girl, fill me in on all the things that I'm probably missing because I didn't get to the whole book. Right. But uh, right now I am listening to, I love audio. No, that's great. That counts. Okay, great. Perfect. Then I'm all in. I'm listening to two books. Uh, Michelle Obama's uh, Becoming, Becoming Me. Come I'm on. reading it, yeah. And... Um, Jackie Hill Perry's. <gasps> uh-huh. I think it's right there. Gay, Can you see it right Gay there? Gay Girl, Good God. Yep. 
I can see the top. I yeah, see her name. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Those, it's those great two. too. Oh my, her, wow. Her book is so eye-opening um, for how to just be a loving person committed to pointing people to Christ. And it ain't even about all the other stuff we get distracted by. Yep. Yep. I just love her perspective. It's good. She's like that in person too. Mm. Uh, she actually, side note, because I just looked at this yesterday, her show on my happy hour came out. I want to, I'm throwing out a date here in the spring sometime. Okay. It was the most listened to show last year. Mm. Yeah, it was really good. I could see why. Because mm-hmm. she's just a wealth of wisdom. She totally is, yeah. And she carries it like she's way beyond her age. You know, her, yeah. her chronological age. I know. But she's just so deep. And I love I love her perspective. It's fun. There's a conference in Austin that our church is actually putting on. And uh, I'm honored they asked me to speak at mm. my home church. You know, that sometimes mm-hmm. kind of kind of weird sometimes. Not weird, but you know what I mean. I do. Anyhow, mm-hmm. but Jackie is also one of the speakers. Oh, and so nice. it'll just be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Susan, thank you. Mm, we did it. We did it. We did Thanks for sharing about parenting intentionality. Thanks for being mm-hmm. vulnerable with us today yeah. about a hard year. Because let me tell you, mm-hmm. there are so many people limping into 2019. Come on. I mean, we it's it's just true. And it doesn't have to be the end of a year. Like people mm-hmm. are going to be limping into April. Come on. You know? Yeah. And so just to hear you say mm-hmm. the truth about here's what was hard. Yeah. Here's what I'm doing this year. Mm-hmm. Here's how I'm still doing what God asked me to do, even if it's hard. Yeah. So I hope that that those who are listening feel encouraged by this conversation. They will. That they don't end up feeling like, oh gosh, here's another list of things I need to do because none of us need that. But I think all of us could use some encouragement on some simple ways that we can step into who God is ultimately calling us all to be. So thanks for having me. Okay, I told you you would adore Susan. She is so full of grace. And I wish you could have seen her face when she's talked about her trials of 2018. It was as if it was still fresh for her. And I told her after we interviewed, I said, I'm so thankful that you went there. I'm so thankful that you shared that with us because actually you sharing about your trials of 2018, it was an encouragement for me. It was an encouragement to see you still pushing forward and moving into 2019 with confidence in what God has called you to do. So I know you love this show. Go find Susan on Instagram and tell her that you loved it. Also, you guys go find her podcast. It's called Mentor for Moms Podcast. And she's got a lot of wise things to say for motherhood. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is Margaret Feinberg. Margaret and I chat all about these two things, the Bible Bible and food. Two of my favorite things, you guys. Can't it get any better than that? But for real, she wrote a book about God's word and the way that food is talked about and used in the Bible. It was a fascinating conversation. She traveled literally all over the world to write this book from going down under the ground in Utah to getting on a boat in Turkey. I mean, literally, you guys, she went everywhere. And she even came to Texas. And I'm so proud of that for some reason. A Texan would say that, you know. Anyhow, next week, you're going to love hearing about her journeys. Also, a total side note here. Margaret also spent some time pouring into me after the microphones were turned off. We talked about my next book and the writing process. She helped me see a few things that I've been missing. Did you know she has a writing course? She does, yes. She didn't even ask me to say that, but I'm gonna tell you anyways. We'll link it in the show notes. Go over to jamieivy.com and look under the podcast tab and you can see her episode and you'll see it in the show notes. You guys, enjoy the week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend and I'll see you guys next week right back here with my guest, Margaret Feinberg.
Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 